Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Coin Press Podcast. I'm Luke Willis. Today I'm joined by Individual Pirate, author of the Fusionite blog, which is a very helpful resource for anyone looking into Fusion, which is a, a blockchain, and Change Finance, a dApp built on that blockchain. So welcome, Pirate. Appreciate you coming on today. Uh, excited for this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, this is probably the first time I do something like this. So. Yeah, this is great. Um, when I, I reached out on Twitter to the, the Fusion community and uh, everybody I talked to uh, recommended interviewing you if you were open to it. So glad we were able to make this work. Yeah, well, thanks. Absolutely. So uh, just in your own words, um, we'll get into some of the detail here, but could you give kind of an overview of uh, what Fusion and Change are? Well, Fusion is a blockchain, right? It's like mm -hmm. Ethereum or Bitcoin, and, except it has everything that they have, and uh, they also have. It also has uh, interoperability and um, a very uh, thorough um, way to handle time. So mm -hmm. these are the things that I feel Fusion brings extra that wasn't already on the table by by other chains cool um so when you say interoperability what do you mean by that well i mean there's many levels of interoperability it can mean so many different things but what fusion has right now is a way to basically bring any other type of crypto assets onto itself and have it run on fusion so there's currently um, i actually don't know how many there are at the moment but i'm sure it's over 1700 wow. different crypto assets uh from over 40 different chains that you can bring onto fusion and uh Change is part of the reason uh, why that happens also because uh, it's the contracts that are that they are building that are running the interoperability assets. Uh, but the technology that is used existed before change. Mm. So that's was developed uh, during the time when uh, Fusions had had a very strong team that was working on interoperability with for the world's leading cryptographers as well. So interesting. Um, yeah, so that's a that's an interesting angle for a blockchain to take, right? Where obviously there are a ton of different blockchains and tokens on those blockchains. Um, and typically what you would see for like bringing your Bitcoin over to Ethereum is you'd have this wrapped Bitcoin uh, token mm -hmm. that had to go through probably a centralized bridge. Um, and, you know, there'd be yeah. uh, I mean, kind of it's, it's, on both sides, right? It's, it's quite similar to this. The only difference is that instead of being held by a central entity uh, the bitcoin that's brought over is held uh 
by a decentralized entity. Basically, it's held by a crypto address that's not controlled by one person, but that's controlled by many different people who, who don't necessarily have a way of connecting to one another to, to, yeah, to figure out the, the key they're using. Yeah. Okay. So that, that actually tied together a few things for me. Um, because one of the, the key features of fusion is called the DCRM, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's basically what this technology does. It, it, the key is never seen by anyone. It's generated together uh, by multiple entities in something called multi-party computation. And uh, you can look this up and there's a lot of information about that. And, gotcha. and, that, and then they hold this key together in something called TSS, uh, which is basically a, a scheme where um, a number of parties has to be in agreement uh, in order for something to be signed. And uh, part of the, you can you can select this scheme in, in whatever configuration you want. Say, say you have like 20 nodes uh, controlling the key, uh, then you have can have a configuration of only three of them need to be in agreement uh, for for something to happen. Gotcha. Then 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 it's a very yeah you can do things easily in, in that, but uh, and uh, the risk of uh, something going wrong with it is uh, low, but the risk is high that maybe three people controlling these nodes decide to do something bad so uh, right. yeah it's kind of a balance between you know losing your keys or uh or not being able to do anything <laughs> yeah yeah and, and i mean that's a problem with all multi yeah, yeah it's a problem with everything but when you have this big setups you know the people involved they, they really want it to work and they want it to be secure in every way possible so it's it's going to be altogether uh, very secure and at the same time nobody can run off with the money themselves so, gotcha. so that's the interesting yeah i i'll admit that when i started looking into dcrm um, and understanding that it's it's basically uh you know multi-sig or multi-partner yeah. um I was confused as to why that was needed at the protocol level, um, because when you have smart contracts and you're, you know, living within your own blockchain world, yeah. actually, it's it's not at the protocol level yet. That that's still okay. kind of um, an unachieved milestone uh, that will probably happen at some point. Gotcha. Uh, uh, so currently, the fusion nodes aren't controlling DCRM, this uh, multi-signature nodes are separate from that. Gotcha. Uh, okay. That, and, and that's fine. I'm, when we're talking about the, the interoperability aspect, that, that honestly makes good sense because you need that to be operable on 
all these different chains, right? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. So by having this uh, this infrastructure set up to have multiple people uh, controlling different parts of the the private key, basically, um, and then needing to cooperate in order to to use those keys, that opens up this this interoperability play because you can incorporate assets from other chains uh, without giving you know, a known list of centralized entities control over those assets. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, and, and thinking of like the, the experience of using multi-sig on um, smart contract chains, I, I'm more familiar with having it be, you know, run by smart contracts, having everybody hold their own keys and not needing this, uh, you know, multi-party scheme. Um, but it, it does make a lot of sense when you put it in terms of interoperability. So thank you for, for highlighting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. And also, I mean, there's a, there's a difference between um, this and uh, traditional multisigs in that in uh, traditional multisigs, I, I don't think there was, there wasn't ever this uh, part of, um, generating the wallet together where where nobody really knew the original key uh, right. so, so there's some kind of uh difference there also gotcha cool that's interesting awesome um well yeah i think dcrm is a very interesting uh idea that uh, there was even um i forget where it was but there was some uh, government journal that listed DCRM and, and Fusion as like an interesting concept. So, I mean, cryptographically, it's a very yeah. primitive. Yeah, it was the European Central Bank that had yeah, it that was... in, in one of their official. I think they listed four different crypto projects in there uh, that that they cited as some inspiration or said th this is interesting. Pretty much. Very cool. Cool. All right. So the other aspect of fusion that you called out was a thorough way to handle time. I yeah. believe you're talking about time locks. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, they, they were originally known as time locks, but time lock, I feel time lock is not the right word for it because uh, it's not usually used in locking assets, uh, which is sometimes used on other chains, like you might want to lock away uh, for a certain time, something to, to like be really sure yeah. that it's there. Uh, that, that happens on a lot of chains, but but that's not really what, what happens with time on Fusion with this time locking technology. So, so I prefer to use the word time slices because what, what happens on Fusion is that you can divide divide up an asset in in, uh, in different time segments okay. uh, so for example you can have one segment that's from now until the end of the year and then another segment that's from the end of the year to the end of time okay uh, and then you can split this up so that it, they can be owned by different parties uh, 
So one person might own the asset from now until the end of the year. And then uh, the original owner probably keeps this uh, from the end of the year until the end of time. So it's still kind of theirs, or they know that it will be theirs in the future. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You, you called out some use cases for this that I thought were interesting, where you talked about, like, you know, rentals of uh, mm -hmm. you know real estate and that kind of thing um, yeah. where you could use uh, the the time lock to do exactly what you're talking about right if you're if you're tokenizing the the deed to some land then you could mm -hmm. use a time lock as the scheme to say you know you have this lease until the end of the year like you're saying and then beyond that it still belongs to the original owner which yeah. I think it makes it a lot clearer to think about it that way. Yeah, and I think it, it makes it even more clearer if if you kind of tie this to actual actual keys, you know, like yeah. keys to the building or whatever. Mm. If, if you if you implement it on that level, then you can have someone you know have access to the house or whatever, uh, and. Um, they they have that until the agreed upon time and then the kids stop working and then uh, the, the the original owner gets them back yeah and, uh, there's nothing that uh, the other person can do about it yeah so okay so that's it's a very interesting concept um i guess when it comes down to the usefulness of it I can see the examples with real estate. Um, it makes sense there, but I am curious, like how this gets used effectively, and and why it's needed when you compare it with, uh, you know, locking in like a staking mechanism or, um, you know, other time-based concepts that just use block time or you know within smart contracts. Um, What's yeah. really the point of taking one token and then spitting out two different tokens that have these this time component? Yeah, we we can look uh, very concretely at how it's used today in change because that's that's uh, the primary use case right now, which which is like fully working and and used by people already, uh, and and that's in. Uh, the future and options markets, pretty much. Okay. So, uh, what changed the starting point is creating the futures, uh, and the futures they are pretty much the equivalent of this owning the asset for the rest of time, but with a starting point in the f at the end of the year. Okay. So those who own uh, change futures or futures or BTC futures or whatever futures, uh, they have they own the asset from the end of this year until the end of time, but they don't own it from today until the end of the year. Mm, okay. This part is uh, is basically what change is paying them for when they use the earn feature change pays them more futures 
than the original asset that they put in. So they, they get some, a little bit of, and it might be 5% more of their assets as futures than what they put in as full assets. And uh, what change gets is basically the guarantee that that those assets that the user put in and also the assets that they get from change, none of those will leave the ecosystem until the end of the year. They're gotcha. guaranteed that they will be in the like fusion exchange system for the full year. And they operate a lot of uh, trading bots and uh, that are able to make money from trading in, in like their own future decks or the options decks or the spot decks. They, uh, so they gain from more activity in their neighborhood. And that's why they can pay for this. Gotcha, okay, very interesting. So that's a pretty good segue into change, um, which it honestly came on my radar because it seems like everybody on Twitter is talking about change right now. Um, so as best I can tell, change is trying to be a uh, like a centralized exchange experience in a decentralized way. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's the main selling point. Kind of like the community is talking a lot about like the decentralized Binance or something like that. So, yeah. so that that's kind of the goal to be as easy to use as uh, as a centralized exchange, but with everything happening in a decentralized way. That that's the end goal, and and uh, it's long. It's come a long way already, but it's it's still many things that will be happening uh, to, to bring it even further along that path. Gotcha. Uh, like some of the things that will be coming uh, is uh, the ability to place limit orders, which isn't there today, for example, is, is uh, probably the maybe the main difference between a sex and change right now is that uh, uh, change is only the, the swap trading and uh, you can place limit orders sure okay and that makes sense right because when you think about the experience on a centralized exchange you have many different assets across a lot of different chains um mm -hmm. which which change does using the uh the dcrm concept yeah. um, and then you have futures and options and that sort of trading, um, which personally I haven't used to great effect, but you know a lot of people do, and that's great. I think that it's a very useful. Uh, yeah, I would say it's actually extremely profitable if you if you if you get it get into that. It's it's a very easy man, money, and that's part of why it's so popular because absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely very easy to make money on it and then as we move from from that you're talking about having more of an order book scheme where you can have limits and um not just buy at the current market rate which is kind of the the uniswap model that everybody 
that every other deck seems to use. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting that these features can be uh, handled in a decentralized way. That the uh, as as I understand um, DCRM a little better now that we've talked through that and how uh, it's just kind of this multi-signature or multi-party computation um, scheme. I think that that is that makes a lot of sense in how you can use the signatures and. and incorporate all these different assets. I am curious what the kind of the 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 scheme is for for onboarding new tokens, right? Because when you look at all these centralized exchanges, they are they want to include only assets that have a certain valuation, certain amount of volume. Um, some of them are charging tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to get listed on the exchange uh, even um, more in some cases right so how does that work with change yeah change takes a completely different approach there i mean they they they're just listing everything that they can list as soon as they can list it and uh, then they hope to profit from people using it and bringing it there uh, that's it I, I think actually probably like in uh, 2016 2017 a lot of um, uh, centralized exchanges were doing the same thing uh, they were just adding new assets because uh, people wanted more assets sure so uh, uh, change is is doing that now instead whether they in the future uh, become more of a profit taker in these things uh, that's a possible evolution i hope i don't hope so i hope it will continue to be this just add everything in type of uh, app uh, so, so i really hope that never drops. Yeah. I think that that's, I mean, it, it fits more with the decentralized model in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I'm yeah. sure there's a way to do the fee-based listings and still keep it decentralized, but uh, it, it muddies the waters a little bit, at least from an optics perspective. So I, again, I'm sure there's a way to do it, but I, yeah. off the top of my head, does it make good sense? Um, I mean, they, they do have some, I mean, if they, if they like, know for sure that there's something wrong with a contract that it's like a scam or something or if they i'm not saying they won't add a scam because they didn't know that that can happen right but if they know for sure that they're not going to be adding uh, on purpose um, bad stuff so yeah that's yeah. one one uh, blocker uh, but and, and they even removed things that were added uh, so sure so it's in these types of things yeah and that makes great sense um you obviously can't have perfect knowledge right yeah. even things that appear perfectly fine can turn out to be a scam later on so yeah yeah cool um 
Okay, so from a tech perspective and digging into fusion and change, hopefully that makes better sense to everybody listening. It certainly does to me. Um, I'm one of the things that I noticed researching for this is that the currently the valuation of the change token is higher than that of the fusion blockchain, which to me was a little bit of a kind of a smell. I wasn't sure what to make of that at first. Um, but when you look around, the the token that everybody's talking about is change because that's the the dap that's exciting they want to get in and use kind of this multi-chain dex um so it yeah, makes sense. sense i think the, i mean people are a little bit tired of like new chains yeah uh, yeah and uh this chain that chain and uh, so it's easier for uh people to be excited about an app that has incorporated their favorite chain uh, than to be excited about the chain behind it. Uh, so I, I think this is one of the reasons. And, and the other reason is that change has a lot of marketing uh, everywhere uh, in all kinds of ways. Well, Fusion uh, isn't really marketed at all. It's just sure. the thing that makes it happen. And uh, some people like it and promote it themselves, but, but it doesn't have like a big budget marketing behind it. So sure. I, I would that, say Fusion is very undervalued. Uh, so change, I think it's it's good it has a good value where where it is in its market cap it's just that fusion is undervalued yeah yeah and that makes sense um and if you know change continues to do well it seems reasonable to expect that fusion would follow along with that success right yeah there's a lot of liquidity between uh fsm and shang uh, ch and g um, yeah. I mean, yeah, so they do have a liquidity dependence on them. So if change goes up a lot, fusion will also go up. Probably not as much if 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 it's Chang that people are buying. Of course, that will be go up more, but but fusion will also be going up. Yeah, cool. Well, I think that there's some good lessons here for any blockchain community, um, you know, if you're launching a new L1, it's really hard to break through all the noise. Um, so having dApps that really highlight your your use case, that's really the way to, to break through. With the change having the marketing budget, I, I think that's probably the right way to do it. It's mm -hmm. very difficult to market a blockchain unless all you're doing is, you know, trying to attract developers to build the dApps to market those dApps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of blockchains that are doing that, focusing on bringing developers. Well, uh, maybe a lot of Fusion community would like to see more of that on Fusion, but 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 that's not what DJ. That's not where DJ is going. He he he's using Fusion to build his own super DAP, pretty much, and then bringing all the other chains to fusion <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah i can see that 
Um, yeah, and then for anybody listening who's not familiar, DJ is the founder of Fusion and Change, um, and then also another project in the middle there uh, that was called AnySwap. Uh, yeah. And then went a different direction, and that became multi-chain. Um, mm -hmm. And DJ's not as involved with that at this point. So, yeah, it, it, it was the first use case for the CRM, and and it's a big project today, but it doesn't have as much to do with fusion today as change. Um, I mean, it, 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 you can say it's an example of how DCRM can be used outside of fusion as well, while change is using it on fusion. Sure. Okay, very good. Well, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here for anybody who's listening. I think that the, the strategies being used by uh, by DJ and and these these different technologies are very interesting. I think there's a lot of validity there. Um, a lot of my audience is in the uh, the Coinos blockchain space, where uh, we the, the the founders here really have kind of the the approach we talked about, where it's more about bringing in developers and uh, getting people who want to build on the chain involved. Uh, and marketing the chain itself. So uh, again, yeah. <laughs> six and one half, half dozen in the other. Uh, I think that there's there's a lot to be proven out with both approach. Um, what DJ's doing with with change seems like it's working. So you know, more power to you. I think it's very exciting. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's a long fight. I mean, um, I, I thought. Like when things, when when you like saw how great some of the things happening are, you would think it would kick off faster, but but it takes time to uh, shout out over and over again the same things before yes. people start noticing anything. Yeah, and well, you're doing a great job of the shouting with uh, <laughs> with Fusionite. Um, I think it's a a very useful wealth of. Uh, knowledge there. Um, yeah, yeah. Currently, the Fusion website itself is quite out of date, but uh, I'm uh, currently working with a few other people to to get um, a new version of uh, of that uh, made, uh, and will it will use some of the material on Fusionite as a basis, but it it's will be rewritten. Uh, uh, to make it sound coming more from a like an official direction, yeah. uh, Fusionite has has like a lot of um, maybe personalized opinions about things that are very useful for people, but but that might be uh, sound wrong coming from an official source. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the that's the same thing I've had is I've I've been able to talk very opinionated with this channel um where you know the the different chains that i talk to um Kuanos in particular just because that's where i started out um th their channels can't be quite that way you know it has to be very uh kind of factual and stating yeah, yeah the, the, the details so people can get the information they need and make their own judgments so mm -hmm. cool um well pirate this has been fantastic i really appreciate your time today 
for anybody listening who wants to learn more about fusion, about change, and about your work, uh, what's you know, who should they be following? What websites should they be going to? Well, follow me and follow Fusion uh, Protocol on Twitter and uh, and visit fusionite.info and read about it. And I also have uh, actually my own product on Fusion called the Free Moon Faucet, which is also worth checking out. It's uh, it's uh, it actually handles most of the transaction on Fusion, and all it is is you can claim a free token with just one uh, transaction fee, uh, which isn't a lot. Uh, but you can do it every hour. And uh, we even have a way um, where we teach you how to run a bot to do this for you, uh, to, to like automize taking this free money. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll put links to all that down in the description. Um, if we had more time, I'd love to talk more about uh, your project as well. But um, we are running up against time here. I know you've got... Yeah. It's a small <laughs> project compared to change. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, well, that's all right. Well, Pirate, again, thank you very much. This was very interesting. appreciate you uh, coming out of total anonymity <laughs> to uh to talk about these projects with me um i think it was a useful discussion and i hope people listening got a lot out of it as i did yeah i hope so too all right interesting well, to look at the comments afterwards absolutely all right everybody well thank you for listening in today i hope you join me next week for the coin press podcast bye for now <laughs>